Welcome to M-Class Podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. And on this show, we talk about Star Trek. That's the show we talk about. If you haven't listened to M-Class Podcast before, we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media. We pick it apart. We tell you, the paying, question mark, audience member, whether you should listen to it. Or watch it because it's a TV show, or whether you should yeah. not watch it because it's garbage. You should, I mean, you should watch it before you listen. So if you didn't listen, go go watch it and then come back. Just pause this. Yeah, our show operates like a book club, but for episodes of Star Trek, which mm-hmm. isn't a difficult concept. You gotta watch the episode first. Just do it. Stop being such a nerd and go watch Star Trek. Yeah, don't be such a dork. <laughs> yeah, quit being a dweebus and go watch some fucking Star Trek. The coolest, dopest thing ever. At least I think so. I love it. Uh, on this episode of M-Class Podcast, we're going to be discussing Enterprise episode 13 from season one called Dear Doctor. It's episode 12 on Netflix, in yeah. case you're confused. Thanks, Netflix, you fuck. Hey, as long as they just keep having the Star Trek, I'm so afraid I'm they're gonna. It's that would. I don't think they're going to get rid of it. It doesn't seem like that'll ever happen. Every time but, I boot it up, it's like my heart is pounding. Like, can like I where get is Star it? Trek? Where's the Star Trek? Yeah, I know. Because I am not paying for CBS All Access. Fuck that no, shit. Fuck that shit. Like, we we've been talking about it because we want to watch Picard, but like, we're thinking about just watching it without getting cbs all access yeah i mean yeah i know what you're i know what you're saying (laughs) what you're saying uh (laughs) if you didn't watch this episode before you listen to the podcast it's a good one you should watch it this one's pretty good spoilers Um, it's pretty good i'm like a huge like defender of enterprise and i think this is one of the first episodes where you're like oh okay like i see this shit star trek I see where they're going, right? Yeah. Uh, this episode was written by husband and wife team Maria and Andre Jacques Maton. That is a hell of a name. Um, it's French. I, I'll watch an interview with Maria Jacques Maton to figure out how to say the name, actually, so that if, That's pretty smart. if later I mispronounce every other name, I can be like, well, got that one. Oh, it says she graduated from Lehigh University in 1983. I was born in 1983. Also, Lehigh University is, like, right around the block from me. Not literally, but it's, like, a couple, like, ten miles away. You're the same person. I basically am a Jacques Maton now. (laughs) Uh, The husband and wife team wrote three episodes of Enterprise, Breaking the Ice, Dear Doctor, and Acquisition, a.k.a. We gotta put some Ferengis in this shit. (laughs) Well, they mentioned Ferengis in this episode, too, which I think is interesting. Um... They just really like Ferengi. Maybe they really like him, yeah. Well, they really wanted to get Brunt, but not Brunt, right? Because Acquisition has Brunt in it. Yes. But it's not Brunt. It's also, and also it's Clint Howard yeah, in Clint it. Clint Howard in the with role no of a makeup lifetime. on. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a more perfect Ferengi than Clint Howard? No, like, he was just born to play a Ferengi. Yeah, yeah that guy's a that guy's a real Ferengi. Like he's a literal Ferengi. We have to thank Mr. and Mrs. Jacques Maton for fucking for making the galaxy 
line up in the way it should, you know? Yeah. <laughs> for, for giving Clint Howard the role of a lifetime. Um, Maria Jacques Maton also uh, worked as story editor on 24 episodes of Enterprise. Well, that's good. Uh, they seem like they're competent. I mean, this episode's good. Um, it was directed by James A. Contner, who you might know from his work on every goddamn television show from the 90s. Yeah, this is like 2002 this episode came out, right? Yeah. So, like, TV is still, like, TV at this point. Like, everyone's shit is involved with everyone else's shit. Everyone knows everyone. It's very, it's like, It's incestuous. In. It's incestuous, yeah. Uh, he directed episodes of 21 Jump Street, Miami Vice, Sequest, Lois and Clark, X-Files, Hercules, Buffy, Charmed, Angel, Smallville, The Dead Zone, and Firefly. Oh, wow. He did a lot of, like, really shitty shows, and then he did some good ones. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird how that worked out. <laughs> like, well, you can see it getting, like, a Sequest, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> uh, X-Files, okay, yeah, sure, that's, that's good. Uh, yeah. Firefly, that's Trek. a good one. Uh, <laughs> water trick I, I think about this all the time where like getting a job writing on Star Trek must have been like a dream come true to all these writers not because they like Star Trek but because they can yeah. actually write something intelligent for a change it used to be that way right like yeah. that's what Star Trek used to kind of represent um, I don't think anymore it's that but it was a good run Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a good run while it lasted Maybe one day it'll come back to being an intelligent person, well-thought-out show. You think the real crime, not to get off on this tangent sure. like we always tangent do, me. but the real crime is that, like, like we live in, like, this crazy period of time where, like, there's really good-ass, quote-unquote, television happening right now, mm -hmm. and somehow Star Trek isn't involved with that. I thought you were going to say we live in this crazy-ass time where stuff is so fucked up that we need Star Trek. That, probably more than ever at this point. That also, yeah, is very and we true. we don't get it. And we don't have it. Because it's all, like, guns, the the show. Shooty, shooty guns. Shooty go bang bangs. Alex Kurtzman can't write his way out of a fucking wet paper bag. Every time I see him, I want to just punch him right in his fucking snoot. Um, that guy sucks. Contner <laughs> uh, also worked as a cinematographer on movies such as Nighthawks, Jaws 3D, The Last Dragon, and Monkey Shines. Wow, that is a hell of a resume. Jaws 3D. Uh, I don't know what Nighthawks is. I have no idea what that is. I feel like I've seen it, but I don't remember. What was the one... Uh, Monkey this, Shines. The, Monkey Shines was the last... What's the one before Monkey Shines? The Last Dragon. The Last Dragon, which is best known for the music, the Wrap It Up music from the Oscars. <laughs> That's the music that you they used Holy to use shit. for the... It's so weird, right? Yeah. It's really... I don't know why that's... I don't know why that's the thing. Um, <laughs> he... He directed uh, five episodes of Enterprise, Dear Doctor, Carbon Creek, and Minefield, Ooh. which we all ha we have episodes on all of those now. Did we do Carbon Creek? Can we do it again? Uh, yeah, we did Carbon Creek. I love that one. I th yeah, we did Carbon Creek because I uh, the episode on us is Lucy and Ricky on the TV. That's right. Uh, he also did The Communicator and Horizon, which I don't remember. The Communicator is the one where 
Malcolm leaves a communicator behind when they're doing like uh, secret first contact shit. Uh, way to go, Malcolm! You fucking idiot. Yeah, he's a moron. And like they're like fuck, dude. So they have to go back and get this communicator, but they find it. Like the aliens find it, and they're like fascisty. They're like Nazi like. So they get like captured. That's a pretty good one. It's all right. It's all right. It's very like uh, old, like TOSy sort of cool. in a way. It sounds TOSy, especially yeah. when you said that they were fascist. They like, were this Nazis. Is pretty TOSy. Yeah. They look like Nazis, but they have like the weird alien faces. <laughs> so it's not like just Nazi like Nazis. Planet. Fuck you, Nazis. <laughs> Fuck off, Nazis. Uh, the episode, Dear Doctor, is basically the origins of the necessity for the Prime Directive. Yeah. The communicator is similar to that, too. So this guy likes those types of stories. And, like, a lot of Enterprise in the beginning is, like, a setup for, like, how is this going to turn into what the Federation is? There is... Before I forget about it, I'm sure I won't, but I I do want to say there is a moment in this episode that is so fucking schmaltzy that I laughed. Is it when he's talking about the Prime Directive? Yes, it's when he's like... (laughs) I love it, though! It's when they'll have to make a... Directive, Direct- and he looks like at the camera. Swelling violin music yeah. in the background. <laughs> he, he smiles at the camera and he says, "You know what that is? Remember from the Remember? other shows? That's the thing. That's what we're talking about. Just in case you didn't know, I do love it. It is a great moment. I love it. I did laugh when I saw it. I think it it's good, and I think it's necessary oh, for yeah. this episode and also the show because like they it it it's smart how they like tie it in with his character development because like i know when before you first started watching the show jeff you were like oh this guy's like teddy roosevelt on crack yeah <laughs> I, I said he was trying to make space great again yeah make space harmed. great again <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he's not really like no, that. he's not he's- it's like it's very it's much like kirk like people think kirk is like oh yeah a sexy a sex up womanizer but that's not true no, everybody thinks he's like fight first, ask questions later, right. fuck every lady, right? Fuck the green ladies, yeah. He he doesn't have sex with any green ladies in the whole show. No, the uh, maybe there's like a pop culture archer in the same way because people didn't watch too far into the series because this is the first episode during my watch through where I was like, actually, I like Archer. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's becoming a captain. He's not really like that's the thing. Like Starfleet doesn't exist yet in the sense that we know. So captains like that don't exist yet. So he has to be the first one, right? He's the one who becomes what we base all of our ideals of what yeah. captains he's are. The George Wa- he's George fucking Washington. Like, liter- like quite literally, he's George yeah. Washington. He like, is. He's the first president of the Federation also, like, afterward. It's, it's fucking George Washington, right? It is, 100%. You're right, damn. And it's like... George Washington like wasn't the this great general, but like we we think of him as that now. But like yeah. he wasn't that good. He had these cool ideas that we had never thought of before, like attack them when they're sleeping. Yeah, right. Like uh, <laughs> be shitty and stab people in the back. 
like yeah like, like that's how you win right that's how you win a war unfortunately <laughs> and george washington was like yeah let's just fucking kill them in their sleep yeah. how about if we like get guys who are good at shooting guns and we shoot the people in charge and people are like <gasps> shoot the people in charge but they're noblemen like us but they're like us yeah 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 well they'll not be like us when they're dead in the ground and dead yeah, Look, George- I get all my information about the Revolutionary War from The Patriot, starring Mel Gibson. <laughs> and as we know, Mel Gibson has never done anything wrong, right, <laughs> <Mel> everybody? Gibson- <laughs> <laughs> uh, put in the poo. <laughs> M-Class Podcast will return after we're done getting sued. Thank you to everyone who gave us money, because we're gonna need it. Um, this, this episode is incredibly good because you learn uh, not only a ton about Archer like we were just talking about but you learn a ton about Dr. Phlox and what makes him tick as a character. Yeah and you also get to see his kind of like love interest. Yeah does she return? I don't remember. She dies in real life. That that actor died. Damn. She was 36. She's my age. That and she had like a crazy. Sucks. She had like a heart condition. I never. I didn't know. I just read about it before we did this. I didn't know that because I was like, does she? I know, like at some point, she like doesn't come back, and I was like, where is she? Because she's like a pretty prominent character in the show for like she's a couple a good of episodes as well. Like she does. Yeah. She she shows her emotions without just saying them out loud, which is a really great skill for a like second tier Star Trek actor. She's a state. She's a stage actor. That's why that makes sense. I forget her name is Kelly. I fucking forget shit. Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Kelly Waymeyer. Kelly spelled K E L L I E. She plays Elizabeth Cutler. Crewman Cutler. Yeah. Some people just have cool last names that work well. You think Cutler is a good one? Like Jay Cutler, the quarterback? Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. I like how I like, I like how you know who that is. Uh, I also like how uh, this is the start of the crewman on the show. Like, there's like a weird crewman thing that they do whenever they need a character that's like kind of a nobody to fill a role. Yeah, crewman. There's crewman. Not ensign. Crewman. Crewman. Yeah. So we get we get her, and then we get Daniels, but that turns out slightly differently. Yes. <laughs> there's there's a moral quandary in this episode that is unanswerable. It is entirely based on your personal perceptions and morality. Yeah. Which makes it difficult to talk about on that level because there are going to be people who are screaming angry at this podcast that if they agree with one or the other. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess I'll, yeah, weigh in on this. I guess I'll take the blast radius. I think they, I think they kind of, they do the right thing. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. I mean, Archer says straight up, like they're not there to play God. Yeah. You don't, it's, it's humanity looking at something big picture for once and not just, and that's they kind of hit that home like they like it starts out like him talking about how humans are uh attached to animals like why are they why do they like these creatures like they love them and they talk to them like they're just so emotionally weird right but like by the end of the episode we're looking at something big picture 
and like deciding that maybe it's not up to us to fuck with this like natural evolution yeah. or so it seems anyway we don't know and i mean like it's driven home in the episode that the main race of the planet is basically controlling the lower race of the yeah. planet to keep them from reaching their same level yeah they they the do- the one doctor's like oh they're they're just like not as civilized or whatever which is like a timeless way of saying uh i'm a bigot and these are savages right like Like, i'm better than they are yeah i'm above them yeah and the thing is is they're not the one guy learns english in like Like, a day right he like figures out how to like do medical shit too (laughs) like that guy's like the mink version of albert einstein this guy's a a fucking genius genius but it probably is they're all probably like that right like They probably all have the capacity to have the same yeah. level of learning capabilities. They're just subjugated so that they can't. Yeah, that guy just demonstrates it, whereas everybody else doesn't. Right? Like, they're. The Mank are incredibly friendly, and they believe that the. What are the other people called? Shit. Valakians. They believe that the Valakians have their best interest at heart because they're like. They're not. They're too nice. They're being controlled yeah. because they don't know anything else. Yeah, the mink shall inherit the earth. Ooh, that, I think that was on purpose. I bet. I bet it was. I I thought that. I was like, oh, the the meek, the mink, they're meek, right? And eventually, the Valachians die. I'm assuming there's a there's a memory beta about it. I don't know where that information comes from, but probably some book. Like some shitty book. Um, but the Mank, like, discover Warp Drive eventually, uh, supposedly. Oh, yeah? It's and they join the Federation. Yeah. It's it's difficult, right? Because we are a compassionate people. We want to... We see people who are hurting, and we want to help them. Right. But this isn't like helping a fellow human, or helping somebody, like a Vul- like a human helping a Vulcan, or a human helping an Andorian, or something. This is like if you went into the rainforest, right, and gave machine guns to one of the tribes, <laughs> right. It's it's like that. It's yeah. It's uh, and they, and they talk about it like about giving them warp drive and like. Archer's like, I doubt they even know how dangerous it is. Exactly. Because it could blow up their entire fucking planet, because antimatter is fucking crazy. Like, how do... Like, we make antimatter now. Like, we can do it. But, like, we make tiny amount of it. And, like, if it ever came in contact with, you know, every particle in existence, it would explode immediately. That's what it does. Yeah, I mean... Archer, like you said, Archer hits the nail on the head. He says, like, they don't even understand how dangerous this technology is. We can't give it to them. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody would argue that they should have given them warp tech. But the cure of... That's the big one. Because, like, they can cure them, but... And that's that's hard for me. Like, I agree with what they end up doing, but it is incredibly difficult for me to agree with them. Because they are... In a way, if you look at it in this way, they are just sentencing the Valachians to death. Sure. I mean, absolutely. I, I Sometimes I think about, like, what was it like, like, this is complete fantasy, but, like, what was it like to be on, like, the committee or whatever to talk about the Prime Directive? Like, you're okay, so the Federation is formed. 
they figure out, they read the Constitution, they're like, okay, we have a prime directive. It says we can't interfere with other species who aren't warp capable. What does that mean? You know, you have to go through, like, every situation and be like, what would you do? So, like, if there's an asteroid headed toward Valakia, right, mm-hmm. Do you can you push it out of the way to save no. them? You you just let it hit? That but what is, if it's that is the prime directive. But what if it like is going through Federation space and like Yeah, if well now it's kinda our only, problem, so you know only, what I mean? Like well, the only way the Federation could stop that asteroid is if they caused it. Right. Otherwise it's just a natural thing that has to happen and they're not a yeah. war capable society, so the like it's playing God. It's deciding who lives yeah. and who dies. It's it's so it's so hard because that's like a little different. Like a disease, yeah. you can kind of you're like okay, well, that's kind of like the Great Barrier, right? Like you, a species will inevitably either thrive or die, and that's not for me to decide. But a asteroid, mm, eh, maybe we could just push it over here a little bit. Boop boop boop. <laughs> you know, like it's. I mean, I don't know. Flocks would say like. You should be thankful that nobody showed up to do that with the dinosaurs. With the dinosaurs, ex- exactly, exactly. Because then there would be no you. Then we'd be all speaking raptor, and like, I don't want to... It would be like the other world from the Super Mario Brothers movie, and nobody oh wants to Oh my that. god, there's going to be a scene where we dance in an elevator with the Goombas. <laughs> and they're, on, and they're You're going to have to dance with a, with a sexy big black lady at a... <laughs> At a dance and like I mean, steal her necklace and run away. I don't remember that at all. You don't remember that? I have not seen that movie. I saw that movie in the movie theater. That's the last time I saw it. Uh, so very meanly, the lady is named Big Bertha. Yeah, after the giant fish from Mario. Oh, and she. They go to the club and they play everybody walk the dinosaur. But then like Mario asks her to dance to get the like shard necklace. Sure, because there's like magic, right? Yeah, it's a magic shard necklace that connects their worlds or whatever, and she's right. wearing it because it's dope. And he's he has to dance with her to get it, and she punches <laughs> him in the face. Does he and cop? He, does he cop some feels? Why does she? Why does he? Because she she's mean. Everybody in Dino Hatton is they're mean. mean. Dino, he, is that he, the name of it? It is because Man Hatton. Oh right, Man. Right. Isn't that clever? Anyway. That's why. Right. That's why we named it that. <laughs> the. Uh, like he dances like he comes back to dance with her and he's like yeah the way you punched me was so great can you do it some more and she's like dance with me first and then I'll punch oh, you like yeah he and likes a little rough <laughs> she falls in love with him actually cuz they dance so well together i guess and they uh-huh. play uh i would stop the world by charles and eddie which is a fucking great song there's a lot of good songs on that soundtrack <laughs> it really are that's the, the whole movie is, is so much better than the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those movies where you're like, this is way better than the actual movie. <laughs> if you if you have a little bit of time after this podcast, look up Charles and Eddie songs. They're really fucking good. I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch it. We should watch it for our other show, dude. We should. Fuck. I don't we have watch it. The Super Mario Brothers movie. I, I need to get it, but it's on oh, YouTube. Man. I think. Oh, it is. Fuck yeah. I think so. Nobody's going to try and copyright strike that shit. No. Uh, <laughs> what's the name of the princess? And it, it's Daisy. Princess Daisy. But what's her, like, the actor's name? She was, like, real... She was in a lot of shit. Yeah, she was in tons time. of shit. She was really cute. She is super cute. I don't remember her name, though. She looks like, um... 
Is it her? It's not Renee Zellweger. No, not Renee. Z- she looks like um, the Mission Impossible wife, Tom Cruise's girlfriend wife from I, that I've those only movies. Seen the first Mission Impossible. I so. think it is her. It looks exactly like her. Maybe. It'd be cool if she's still getting work. Mission Impossible Three, the worst movie ever made. I, I will thank the Super Mario Brothers movie for uh, introducing me to John Leguizamo, who just does. Yeah, he's great. A ton of great shit, and I love him. <laughs> also, I knew Bob Hoskins already, but I'll see him in anything. Bob Hoskins is like sixty-seven in this in Mario yeah, movie. He's like, he's like in his fifties. <laughs> he's old ass man, and the actor who plays uh, Daisy is like twenty. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe. well, that's why that's why Luigi gets with her. Oh, Luigi! Right, Luigi does. He loves her. It wasn't her, apparently. It wasn't. No, it looks like her a lot though. Michelle, uh, what's her name? Uh, Michelle Monaghan is who I'm thinking of. Oh. It looks like her, but like, it's not. This uh, is your favorite Star Trek podcast. <laughs> this, is, this is the first segment. We're allowed to talk about Mario movie. We're allowed to do whatever we want on our podcast. Fuck yeah! Oh man, Mario movie has fucking four stars on Netflix or on IMDb. Well, that's because it's a fucking masterpiece, Josh. Samantha Mathis is her name. The thing is, if you watch the Mario Brothers movie, there's a ton of shit in it that's terrible, but there's a lot of shit that's really not that bad as well. Yeah, this was like the uh, movie by committee era, right? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like the backstory behind them making that movie is a hu- like a hundred times more entertaining. Is it on that podcast? Itself. Isn't there that podcast about how crazy movies got made? There's a podcast it, it's probably about it. on that for sure. But like, there's a whole website devoted to like the behind the scenes shit. Cause, they would like, just get drunk every day because they hated it, right? The writers weren't allowed to be on set with the directors. The directors were not allowed in the writers' room, and the directors and writers were not allowed in the editing. I don't understand why that would ever be a thing. Because they okay. all hated each other. <laughs> so the, just to get it done, they were like, fuck yeah. it. And yeah. that was a decision by the producers because they just wanted this fucking thing done. It was already over budget and over time, and they weren't even halfway done. Yeah, that's kind of like the uh, Masters of the Universe, right? Yeah. Like, it's Except so good. Everybody was drunk when they made it. <laughs> and I mean that literally because Bob yeah. Hoskins and John Leguizamo just drank whiskey between every scene. Yeah, just to get through it. That's not a good sign. Uh, apparently Bob Hoskins broke his wrist doing a stunt and he wears a cast that's just painted his flesh tone for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Man, remember like before computers? Remember like yeah. you had to like do shit like that because like how else you, were you going to do it? You think that, but then have you ever seen the behind the scenes shots from Captain America when Captain America's like he's running barefoot in that movie? Oh, really? And, in the behind the scenes, uh, he's like he's running barefoot after he he's chasing oh, the Nazi. That's right. After the his, his new dad. Yeah, he gets made Captain America right away. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. And he that. runs after him barefoot because he doesn't have shoes. And in the behind the scenes, he has zip up feet boots. So they just computer it out, though. <laughs> I mean, because it looks like his feet. They look like feet, but they're just boots that he's wearing. <laughs> Man, movies are fucking weird, right? <laughs> Here are your feet boots, Mr. Evans. Thanks. And you're like, as an actor, you're like, wait, what? 
yeah, we're just gonna like make it look like you're running, and it's Fucking like okay. Chris Evans was like, you know what? Whatever, dude. I All was right. only in not another teen movie recently. <laughs> Fucking who cares? I'll be. I'll do whatever to be in your Marvel movie. I get to be in how many of these? How much are you paying me? Yeah. Sure. Why not? Whatever. Feet boots. I'll have to have bigger pecs than any other man has ever had. All right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, just keep hitting me with them roids, because I'm definitely on steroids during this movie. Dude, he's he's like, if any of them is not on steroids, I would say it's him, because he's not veiny at all. Like, yeah, they everybody do. Everybody else is veiny as fuck, but he's not. Well, Kumail did that, that he's going to be... um. In one of these, the I yeah. forget the name. He's going to be in the Marvel movies, and he's he, uh, Eternals. I think. Eternals, yeah. And he yeah. he had to do like they what they do is they just give you like a trainer for a mm-hmm. year, and they're like work out every day. Yeah, your trainer <laughs> is there with you every day for yeah. a year, and, and he you was, eat he was their food. Open about it. He's like, yeah. yeah, this is why everybody looks so good in movies because you just yeah. get a year to do it, and it's like crazy though like can you imagine like living like that i mean you look amazing but like fuck dude like can i get a cookie it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) i'm fucking screwed oh my god i'm fucked sometimes i look in the mirror and i'm like oh man i'm already married it's i've been like (laughs) trying to like not feel like that lately and i i don't know i feel a little better because i've been eating like no carbs as much handsome boy josh no but like i'm old and and i can't just eat like when i was a kid like even when i was like in my 20s like i could eat like a fucking i could eat like six thousand calories and it would just burn off yeah Right it away. went nowhere. It had nowhere in your body to go. Dude, I weighed it's like 110 away. pounds. I weighed like there's a picture. I think I showed you a picture of me at college. It looks like, like it's photoshopped because I'm yeah. so skinny. It's I was like a fucking heroin addict. It's crazy. It's disgusting. Well, the <laughs> thing is also like I look better now than I have at any point in my life. So yeah. like I don't know what that says about the rest of my life, but I'm pretty happy with it. It's all uphill from I mean downhill. I don't know which one's better. Uphill, uphill is better. <laughs> it's all uphill from here. Yeah, like, I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, well, it's better than it was. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, we're going to take a break and uh, be right back after these messages. After the messages, be right back. Okay, everybody, come outside. Everybody ready for a wild, wet ride? Slip, slip and slide. You can put it on your lawn. Turn the water on, then you run, run. Slip and slide comes with plastic slide and fasteners from Whammo. Back to the show. And we're back. Hopefully, you bought that pine saw. Don't put oh, another pine saw. We're not doing pine saw again. <laughs> Sorry, pine saw. <laughs> All right. Pine so saw. The the episode begins with a little vignette of Doctor Flox. Uh, taking care of all of his animals. And yeah, we get to see all the crazy animals he has. He's a crazy guy. He's got all these wacky animal pets. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was watching Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> Dr. Doolittle who goes on an adventure ship? <laughs> Space Doolittle? But uh, yeah. he he eats a bug, which is, you know... 
That's fine. Yeah. We all need to start doing that eventually, right? <laughs> yeah, we're going to get there at some point. <laughs> like a snow piercer. We're just going to make candy bars out of bugs. Oh, jeez. We already do that. No, people eat bugs, right? They they eat yeah. like, have you the ever crickets had a, and stuff. Ant I haven't. Covered ants? Uh, no, I have not had that. They're not bad, actually. I wouldn't be opposed to it. But I had a chocolate-covered grasshopper that was pretty good. Too. Yeah, grasshoppers are big. Right? I mean, they're big to eat. <laughs> too I'm big not e for I'm, my tummy. I'm not trying to eat some like juicy-ass spider or some no, shit like that. No, Jesus, fuck. It just fuck made that. my wiener go back up inside myself. Yeah, um, that's, I don't know why that would do that, but okay. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm disgusted. Did you want to fuck the spider? No, never in my fucking life did I ever want to be in, have a spider anywhere near any oh of my, my genitals. God. Any of my eight genitals. <laughs> uh, Hoshi comes in. Yeah. And uh, she hears Flox's letter. His They keep calling them letters, but they are recordings. Yeah, they're just like um, pen pal like like audio recordings like yeah. i don't know unless it's being transcribed or something maybe it's that who knows i right? love i love that the human at the uh he's on flox's home planet and he's like yeah mating season is wild their genitals just locked together yeah <laughs> yeah he's yeah. Like, and dr flox is like i don't know what to tell you dude turn the hose on him like yeah turn <laughs> turn the hose on him yeah is he telling him to like use some pheromones or something to get him apart yeah, or some shit? Something like that. Some doctor shit. And but you get to see a little bit of Doctor Flox's like Denobula, like because Denobulans are are new at this point. Yes. Like they're never mentioned before, so this and, is like a new. Never again. And never again. And they're kind of okay. Like as far as like new species being introduced for the sake of new, they're they're fine. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense that they never show up again. But that's sort no, of, it doesn't. That's the problem with any prequel. Yeah. It's sort of where are these guys at? Um, but uh, Flo Flox mentions that uh, Crewman Cutler seems to have romantic interest in him. Yeah, Cutler wants to share butlers, touch butlers. <laughs> there it is. What? I got there. <laughs> touch my butler, Cutler. That's what we call her oh. at the academy. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> Look, I'm not trying to slut shame Crewman Cutler, but. She did like it when you touched her butler. She did. He didn't like it much, but she did. Flox is like... Flox is like super... For like a guy who's got like... Basically a, three open-ended relationships, yeah. right? Like the, the, the Denobulans are very like... Not shy about sex. But I guess the women are the ones who are not shy. And yeah. the men are like... Timid. Also, like, this is a different species as well. Yeah. Yes. It's to it's to point out that like human preconceptions are based in a human sphere, right? It's it's I think it, I think it's like interesting because like now like we think about that like in terms of like where we come from and like our cultures, right? Like we think of things a certain way because we're American or white or whatever. But, like, in reality, everybody's different, and we yeah. have to, like, train ourselves to, like, remember that. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> you know? coming from a different place. Yeah. And you have to... It's basic... It's having basic understanding and, like, deference to people's... Right. ...culture. Yeah. And 
humans learn this lesson a lot. I mean, that's why Tuvok leaves Starfleet for a while, because he's tired of humans trying to force him to be more human. Yeah, we're, like, pretty shitty, and, like, we're even shitty in Starfleet. Like, we're still kind of, like... Like, when there's a bunch of us together, we're, like, crazy. And, like, you see that with uh, T'Pol. She's like, the ship is full of lunatics. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're still learning at every yeah. point. Like humans never get to a point where we're we're all good. Right. We all have to learn and grow still. That's part of being human. Right. It never ends. The work is never over. Um while Flox is worried about whether Elizabeth Cutler wants to just have sex with him to see what type of weird wiener he has or not. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, why not? The, when in Rome, the bridge crew find like a rocket like a old ass rocket ship yeah. in the middle of space. No warp, no nothing with two bio signs on board. Yeah, this always ends well when this happens. Yeah, it seems like they would do more checking, but they they're just like, "Ah, bring it into bay 2. We don't have that much time left in this episode." It's a weird it's a weird You're right. It's weird that they're never like just let it go. You know what I mean? Like, I guess it's the human... It, there would be no show, right? But also, like, well, at yeah, some point... They're not going to let them... They're not going to be, like, two weak signs when they're, like... Oh, yeah, they, they got to save them. <laughs> would have been easier. But it seems like they should send some people <laughs> over there, right? To, like, check and see check if it the out. two life signs aren't, like, ravenous monsters or something. Yeah, they could be, like, like spider people who want to look at dicks and be near <laughs> to your dick. <laughs> Hey man, human preconceptions. Maybe yeah. spiders love being near dicks. I don't Look, know. My, I'm gonna take that human preconception to my fucking grave, along <laughs> with my unspidered dick. Okay? What about like in season three when the insectoids are like clicking, clacking, and it really it, like the subtitles read, "Let me get near that dick." <laughs> I will have Hoshi translate back at them. Stay away from my fucking dick. <laughs> Stay away from my eight dicks. <laughs> Stay away from my multiple genitals. <laughs> my eight gents. That's why they... <laughs> eight, eight gents. Um, so they, they bring the vessel into Bay 2, and they they just go ahead and take the aliens to the medical bay, and the alien is like, you know, we're a pre-warp society, we're known as the Valachians, and we have a horrible, horrible disease. Yeah. And everybody sort of reacts to that, but not the way they should. Yeah. Like, everybody should be like, oh, God. Like, Yeah, they should be like, okay, shut this shit down, right? Because, like, I don't know. what They don't know what kind of disease it is at this point. Who knows, right? Who fucking knows? Is somebody at least put up, like, a sneeze guard, maybe? Yeah, put some masks on or something. I don't know. But yeah, I guess they're confident that they could cure it. <laughs> Fucking who yeah. knows? Like he takes to Paul aside and he's like, "What do you think?" And she's like, "Well, it looks like the risk of contamination is acceptable." Yeah, which like uh, how do you know? You just did that math in your brain there. To I guess it's to Paul. She's yeah. trustworthy. She's trustworthy. She's not on the space H yet, so <laughs> gotta get that trail on that D, son. Um, Archer <laughs> agrees to help them. But um, Flox is a little like he's a little flummoxed. Nice, Flox mixed. Flox. I know. Yeah, yep. Human compassion. Yeah, and it's it shows a a distinct difference, which I always love, between human and alien thinking. 
Yeah. Because so often aliens are just humans, but with a weird forehead. Yeah, they go out of the way with flocks to make him an alien. Like, he's different. Like, he's not like a, a, a human. I mean, he is in that he kind of, he is a human re- in reality, but like, you know, they, they I, I know, right? <laughs> also, Santa Claus is fake. Sorry, right, no, no, you're just fucking with me. And spiders love to be near dicks, so... Uh, I know you're just fucking with me, because you, Did you just know? said Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> Idiot. Did you know that in your sleep, your dick swallows eight spiders a year? Oh, well, that's good for it. It's gotta eat, right? <laughs> um, they mention the Ferengi in this scene, which I find... Yeah. They're like, they're like, how, how have you come in contact with anybody else? And they're like, yeah, some of them men talkins or something. And the Ferengi, and like nobody knows who that is, and and Archer's like, there's a little wink and nod at the camera. Archer's like to to Paula, have you heard of them? And she says, no. <laughs> like like we needed yeah. we needed that because we, we need to know it. that she, there's no Ferengi yet, right? I've, there's a little bit of proto Spock going on here, where like yes. Leonard Nimoy didn't know how to play Spock because yes, like T'Pol's actress does not know how to play T'Pol yet, so she keeps taking these incredibly long pauses. Where she doesn't yeah. say anything that honestly like get a little annoying at a certain point. Well, Nimoy could act with his eyes better. Like yeah. he was a king of acting with his face. And just Jolene Blaylock things he could do to act. Yeah. As great as Jolene Blaylock is, and I do think she's really good yeah, in the show. Good. She's, she's not good. Leonard Nimoy. And so she's playing like a real I mean, uh, Tapal is a real like fucking horrible person so like <laughs> she's an asshole she, she's not true. great at this point right she sucks like so it takes her a little while to she, get like he's like do you know these species and she's like no <laughs> and i was like did, were you thinking about it like yeah did you have to like remember yeah i know yeah, but uh, I do really enjoy the difference between like Denobulan compassion and human compassion, and like how yeah. we seem to have compassion for things that they don't understand why. Yeah, so we talk about the pets, and then they go see a movie, right? I mean, like pets aren't even like a universal thing. Like I know a ton of people. Like one of my college roommates hated pets. Yeah, I don't. Tr- I don't trust. Yeah, I that. don't trust that either. Isn't I think like, it's a weird. I think that's a weird. I think that says a lot about you as a person if you don't have any compassion for pets. If you don't like a pet, I don't, I'm not sure. Like, what? like I understand. Like, <laughs> I don't care for dogs because they like get all up on you and lick your face. So I like cats. Or I don't yeah, care yeah cats but you like dogs. Yeah. Like you just don't have a dog. Like I don't, but you I don't like care dogs. to have a cat because they like don't really give a shit about you. And I needed a pet that like loves on me, so I have a dog. A dog. Or I right. lo- I want a dog or something. Like right. You have to have compassion for at least one of these cute little fellers. Yeah, I mean we like made them that way. It's kind of our fault. So yeah, it's true. It's kind of it's kind of like a contract that uh, I kind of feel like we need to honor. Like that's why I adopt street cats because like they're not supposed to be out there no we we like shook on it that they could live in our barns and shit and yeah. get our rats it's not their fault that we it's decided not, not to have yeah. barns right <laughs> um it's not their fault we decided not to have barns <laughs> quote. put that on the the m class box <laughs> as a pull quote um 
Flox is a little overwhelmed by the situation because he has 50 million lives in his hands. He is just one guy, and like I don't think Archer really respects that. Like, yeah. I have faith in you, Flox. You can do it. Flox should be like, I'm one guy. Yeah, there's a little bit of Archer being a uh, good guy, hero boy at first. Like, he's, in my opinion, he's very concerned about uh, sort of like human PR trip, right? Where he's like, look, we'll help these people and we need to, we need to like do good out here. You know what I mean? That's, that's so for he, sure a part of it. Like, what really endeared archer to me in this episode is how like honestly he wants to help these people yeah like they are in a situation that is horrific their their race is dying out like he wants more than anything to fix this for them. yeah and uh he's not gonna take no for an answer which is a terrible trait to have in a boss yeah He's he like he's a really great guy in this episode, but he is a terrible boss. He's more like Captain like Jellico, like get it done. at first, like fucking do it. Yeah, like I don't want to hear about the problems. Give me solutions, type of guy, right? Yeah, I don't like that. No, he's I don't either. Boss. And he and you know later, obviously, he's not like that. He's no. he's almost, I, and this is a compliment to um, Bacula. He's almost like a good mixture of Kirk and Picard. Like, he's That's more true. Kirk. He's a little more Kirk, right? But, because, like, just the time period, I think, plays to that. But he's very smart, and he doesn't jump into things like Picard would. Like, he thinks about them first. Whereas this episode, he's still, like, new. Like, this is the 13th episode, right? So he's still like, let's go get them, boys! We're gonna yeah. go travel in the stars! Yeah. We gotta do yeah. the right thing. Yeah. And he's not thinking about the consequences of his actions very much. No. It's it's all, like you said, it's like, he's looking at the small picture. Yeah. He's looking with tunnel vision at what's in front of him. Yeah, problem exists, we need to fix it. Um, Flox is still... A little confused about what to do with Crewman Cutler. <laughs> Touch uh, your butler. Because <laughs> so, so, like Sato and Flocks have like a like a little meal together. Here's here's something. Here's a thing. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you if like you thought about this watching the episode, but like Sato talks to him about like oh. Well, if she likes you, she finds opportunities to spend time with you. She right. finds little, uh, like... Ways to touch you. Ways to touch you. Yeah, all that She stuff. does that the whole episode. Yeah, though. she's doing that the, from the does, get. Yeah. Does Sato have a thing for flocks? Yeah, you kind of think that, right? Like, Yeah. They're, like, friends. And, like, it, it's kind of... A, it's smart, like, story-wise. Because, like, she is really the most open to different cultures out oh, yeah. of everybody part of at, at this point. Is, yeah. Right. Cause she's learns languages like instantly. She's like a machine. Right. So like for her to be friends with him, that makes a lot of sense, but she is very flirty as an actor. And I don't know if I think that's her playing like, f- like happy, you know, yeah, I, it, it could just be my probably, male perspective that she's flirty. I don't know. Well, here's the thing that I've run into a lot that like, um, I'll, I'll be talking to somebody literally like male or female. Yeah. And I'll joke with them. Right. And then somebody will be like, wow, you were really flirting with that person. 
Yeah. I'm like, well, no, I wasn't. Right. But it comes off that way. So I feel like that's probably what it was. It oh, I just, wasn't in the script or anything. It just I flirt with that. everyone all the time just to avoid that. So there's never any question that I am. Like, yes, I'm I am. flirting all the... Th- like, because... That's never worked for me. I'm no, I just, like, it's not for any purpose. It's just like, to do it. I've never <laughs> joked around with somebody and they like thought I was flirting and was like, "Cool, let's fuck." Like that's never. Worked. <laughs> it's never worked that way. People usually just know I'm joking, but uh, people around think that I'm flirting. Yeah, I think it's it's a fine line, right? It's tough. It's a tough call. Yeah, I don't but know I, it. I don't know that line at all. <laughs> I, people used to like that I know used to uh, really rag on me because I'd be like, "Oh, that girl was flirting with me." Like, okay, Josh, but like, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like you, you know, like it, it, it's like like Sato said, like there's just a moment when you know, right? Like, yeah, there there are tells, there's tells, and sometimes it's just a look. Sometimes you could, oh, okay, I I see, I get it. Man, I don't know. I'm too dumb for all that. Um, <laughs> Maybe I just have an inflated uh, sense of self. That Maybe could be it. Maybe you just get hit on more than me. Maybe. <laughs> um, the Enterprise takes the sickos back to the Valachian <laughs> homeworld. Here's your sickos, you bunch of fucks. <laughs> Here's your disgusting, Stop. diseased weirdos. <laughs> Stop shooting these sick fucks into space. There's enough shit out there already. <laughs> Uh, Archer goes down with his his crew, and uh, they tour the medical facility. And Sato is like learning the language and trying to like uh, translate for everybody. But she goes up to one of the orderlies and cannot translate what he's saying. Yeah, and she's like, "What's this?" And the Valakians like, "Oh, that's a mink." He's, they're super not advanced, and they're fucking super shitty. They're like fucking hobbits, and they're weirdos. We hate them. And anyway. fuck them. But here's, we just keep them around because they're good at doing orderly shit. Yeah, they don't really act like they're... There's no negative in the way they describe the mink. They're just like, oh, you know, they're not as advanced as us, so we like kind of take care of them. Yeah, but also, like... What they talk about a little bit later is true, too. I also found myself feeling that immediately where I was like, okay, so, like, as a human being, I know what happens when other human beings do this to, to other human beings, oh, yeah. right? So, like, there's a there's a negative here. And there, there is, in my opinion, there there is. Like, oh, there absolutely is. Like, they're being kept as pets. They're serfs. They're like, fucking serfs, yeah. That like, is not what, like, intelligent beings are supposed to be treated like. No, they're no. not. They're not the pets that, like, uh, Phlox was feeding at the beginning of the episode. Right. Right. Um, However, the uh, mink are completely unaffected by the disease that's ravaging the Valachians. Yeah, the doctor's like, I haven't seen any mink in here. And and it's like, oh, it doesn't affect them. So already the doctor's like, okay, so this is, like, genetic. Right. Yeah, the doctor, and he's like, well, I'd like to run some tests on the mink. And yeah. The Valachians are like, okay, I mean, we've already done that, but cool. Yeah, he's like, that's the first thing we tried, and like, whatever. We They're are genetically just... incompatible, which immediately yeah. made me think that, like, they are genetically compatible, and the Valachians are just racists, right. but that turned out to not be true. Well, it's such a, it's a strange, and it might be the time period that the show came out, because, like, there's been debate for years about, like, where did the Neanderthal go, right? 
turns out like us. we fucked with them and we fucked them and they're in us yeah like we have that in us so like yeah, we we're, were not, compatible we're not humans like we're not homos like uh, like pure homo sapiens right that doesn't exist that's that, not a thing. that no longer exists we're yeah. still classified that way because that's right. just the way science has classified us forever but we are the combination of homo sapien and neanderthal and probably other early human hominids like there's the, so. the the hobbit people and shit yeah like yeah. The, all that shit like there's the really small ones from like thailand i don't remember their names like that they yeah. find like i don't remember that either but i know what you're talking about there's a, there was like a few different species of humans and we are the result of them disappearing and i think a lot of it is you know us sort of uh lying to ourselves <laughs> about oh we're humans like you said like oh we're just yeah. humans uh, we're we a combination. might not be yeah uh, we like, might not be there was a lot of murder but there was also a lot of interbreeding yeah i mean when you see like a hot neanderthal lady whew. ho 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 va va voom <laughs> i can tell when a neanderthal lady is flirting with me that's all i'm saying when she drags her knuckles a certain way <laughs> They were really smart. Yeah, they were. They were also, like, extremely tough. Like, yeah, they were super strong. We, we, they just could not outlast us. We were, they, like... They were too specialized for, yeah. like, all... Like, we were... We, meaning the Homo sapiens from, like, Africa, like... Yeah. Were adaptable in ways that the Neanderthal weren't. But Neanderthal would, like, break their wrists, their hands, their arms, and they would just, like, go about their day. They're yeah, like, whatever. Shit. Yeah. Like, they're fucking crazy tough. The thing about, like, our version of human that caused us to win out is because we had, like, stamina, like, 400 times yeah, we could every run, other animal around we, us. We could run forever. And, like, we yeah. still can do that. That's why, like, I mean, like, marathons are, like, really hard to do. But, like, people... We're, we're built for that. People back in the day ran for, like three days yeah <laughs> like like, like they didn't to get stop somewhere fast that's yeah. the fastest way to get there run yeah so like a marathon's cool and all because like we're used to like sitting around eating chips and watching tv but there's humans back in like two hundred thousand years ago who are like i'm gonna run to the ocean see you in 10 days <laughs> like there's a moment in this episode where flox is like i'm gonna talk to somebody who might understand where i'm coming from with interspecies relationship interest and he brings in to Paul, and I was like, "This is a mistake, Flux." <laughs> yeah, this, is like, <laughs> this is like asking Josh if someone's flirting with you. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, dude. For yeah. sure, for sure. No, nah, that's totally. To flirting. Paul, she was definitely flirting with me. Yeah, I saw yeah. that eyebrow. Raise. I saw that one hint of an eyebrow raise. That's flirting. She's straight up like, "Yeah, in my experience, humans have an interest in fucking things that they're not." familiar yeah, with pretty much it's right dick curiosity yeah yeah and flox is like oh like he never thought about that yeah he didn't even think about hard. it yeah and he's like he handles it pretty well he's like well thank you for your insight and then paul turns around and goes be careful <laughs> you're like jesus <laughs> fucking christ like be careful the like, some terrible stuff could happen to you where you have sex and enjoy it? Like, yeah, what are you like, fucking worried about? I'm trapped on a fucking tin can that has, like, a warp 5 speed limit. Like, can I just, like, maybe fuck the doctor? Like, what <laughs> like, could go wrong? I'm just wrong? trying to see what type of weird dick he got. I'm trying to fuck the weird dicked guy. 
What that weird dick do? <laughs> I mean, Seth MacFarlane isn't on the crew yet, so he'll be the king of weird dicks when he gets here. <laughs> but for now, it's Doctor Flox. It's like uh, the Predator's mouth. Oh, so um, hot. <laughs> what? The Vlachians don't have a regular medical condition. Flox figures out it's a genetic disease. Right. That is just mutating faster than it was before. They've actually had it for thousands of years. Yeah, it's really smart. The 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 it's been happening over a thousands of years is a, a really smart because like that's how evolution works. And there's a really great moment in this when the doctor is like, "I'm sorry, but evolution is real." Yeah, <laughs> and it's like evolution is more than a theory. Yeah, it's an indisputable fact yeah. of existence. It fucking exists. So like, yeah. get that fucking trash out of your brain. Yeah, you know, get behind it, Archer. Yeah. Fucking and like Archer doesn't argue with him, but that, that no. to me that was for like the dinguses in Kansas who were like, but Jesus Christ didn't invent a denobulin. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Kansas. Just kidding. Keep being patrons. I'm from Alabama now, and I think <laughs> the Nobulans yeah. are the devil. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Nobody has the internet in Alabama. Alabama's fine. I'm, I think we actually do have a patron from Alabama, in which case you're the only good one. Does um, he go to, like, a different state to listen to us? <laughs> like, the thing about this scene that I find heartbreaking is that Phlox just goes to have a snack, and he never gets to have it. Like <laughs> He's always wanting a snack. <laughs> he goes to have a snack, and Archer ends up in this fucking philosophical debate, and yeah. he never gets to have his snack. Yeah, Archer's, like, really, uh... So, like, the Doctor doesn't... He's very standoffish at this. He's like, I don't know what we should do. Like, he's like, I don't know what to tell them, and I don't really know if we should tell them anything. And Archer's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, well, he's, he's like, doesn't even know if he should be telling Archer. Archer, right. This. Which he is like. trust Archer's right, decision making. Right. Which is like crazy, yeah. right? Well, I mean, like, he doesn't know humans very well, and he doesn't know Archer very well at this point. So right. it's understandable. But, like, this is the first time I think that ever happens in Star Trek, where, like, yeah. somebody withholds information because they don't trust the captain. Right. And it's. It's really well done, in my opinion, because, like, it highlights the necessity for what eventually will become a principle of the Federation, is that, like, humanity is made better when there are other people around us. Like, we are better because of aliens. We're better because of our differences, right? Like, without Phlox and without T'Pol, this mission goes totally differently and humanity is worse off for it. And there's no maybe no federation. You know what I mean? Like that's oh, yeah. that's where all this hinges on. Yeah. yeah. Like this is like big ass shit in Star Trek that is happening. And it, and it's like uh like Roddenberry always said, like it's it's a few brave people, like a few brave like Dr. Flox. Like, I just wanna go why not? I'm gonna go be on a human starship. Fuck it. That sounds like yeah. an adventure. You know what it I mean? It is an adventure for sure. Like yeah. could you imagine that though? Like being the only like if you were the only human on a ship full of aliens. That'd be incredibly amazing and terrifying. Yeah, like no matter how cool the aliens are, they're still aliens. You don't really know. You don't them. really know, yeah. And I love the part at. like he doesn't know us humans yet. He doesn't know what we're all about. Yeah. I love the part when he's eating the food and he's like, I like to me, that's like 
so incredible. Like, imagine like never eating a, a food before and being like, what is this? And trying it. Like, that's fucking amazing. Like, if you could live every day like that, your oh, life yeah. would be incredible. That's like the heart of exploration. Like, yeah. There's, there's of course, the whole, like, fucking horrible manifest destiny fucking, like, sure. conquering horse shit part of it. But, like, the modern, all of modern adventuring and right. at least a huge portion of all historical adventuring was finding new places, new things, new foods, and experiencing them for the first time ever. Seeing reality. Seeing what is real, right? It's just, like... Traveling and like, honestly, the best part of traveling for me anywhere I go is trying foods I haven't tried. Before. The food is like the cultural touchstone, right? Like, no matter where you go, you will like a food there because humans like food. Like, we love food. It's amazing. It's it's the one of the things that binds us as a as a culture, a world culture, is yeah. that we all find like connections with each other through food. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Like, we are, we love shoving things in our mouth hole to go through our meat tubes. It's true. <laughs> We're big fans of the meat tube funnel. We want to put things in our meat tube funnel, but we also like when the meat tube funnel things taste good. It's yes. like v- so simple that it's like. It's just why, like, there's a certain part of me that, like, when somebody's like, oh, I don't like this culture's food, that I'm like, on the surface, I'm like, oh, you know, whatever, everybody has different strokes. But inside, I'm like, fuck you. You're racist. <laughs> like, you're, you're an asshole. Like, yeah, you're, every, every food yeah. on, every type of food on earth has good stuff in it. Well, my, my, fam- my family is like that. Like, in there, that's yeah. a baby boomer thing. Like, for real. Like, my, okay. my mom and... I went home and I was like, I'll yeah. make you some stir fry. And my mom was like, oh, uh, what's in that? And I was like, yeah. oh, you know, like peppers and chicken and delicious uh, fucking like, food rice I, I, you don't like mushrooms and I, it goes over rice and she's like oh, i don't like rice yeah and rice like, is freak weird what <laughs> yeah the staple food of like billions of people so weird yeah. you don't like rice like rice doesn't even yeah. have that much of a flavor rice is not right it's like saying i don't like spaghetti yeah like, it's just carbohydrates. Like, it's Dude, all it is. Rice is fucking delicious. No, rice too. is amazing. Like, rice it, is incredible. Like, rice doesn't have that much of a flavor, but the flavor it does have is so good that it goes with literally everything. It's, like, inhuman to, like, feel that way. In, in my opinion, yeah. it's very strange because you're, like, there's, there's like, a built-in genetic, like, need to eat stuff like that because it keeps us alive, right? Yeah. Like, that's what keeps human beings going is it's carbohydrates. Like, whenever I'm like, oh, let's go get Chinese, and somebody's like, oh, I don't like Chinese food. And I'm like, you know they have, like, a thousand dishes, Yeah, right? have, you, have you just not tried the thing maybe you would like? That might be it. Uh, I like all Chinese. I'll eat fucking anything. Yeah, literally any Chinese <laughs> yeah. food I'll eat. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Feel that way about Indian food too. Oh my god! Anything. Oh give my it to god! Me. I would bathe in a swimming pool full of Indian food, just Fuck. eating it as I go, just and then I would get out in my way through it. <laughs> Dude, pack me. Yeah, I'd get out and then give me a towel, and I'd say no, and I just lick it off my skin. Oh my god! He he would turn into a cat. Just lick everywhere I would just on your lick body. Lick in my privates of all the <laughs> my privates. Except, yeah, what? How old are you, my private? My no-no area. You 
you would have one like straight streak of curry sauce down your back where you can't lick. Yeah, that would be a problem. <laughs> I have to get a Denobulan lady to lick it off for me. Sexy. Um, Mrs. Flocks, please. <laughs> one of the Mrs. Flocks's. The one we see, Beazle. Beazle. Big into Beazle. I do love me some Beazle. Um, <laughs> Archer uh, is like, he's against seeing the big picture. Like, he sees people who need help and withholding help from them as being immoral. Right. But Phlox sees it as playing God. He there's a bigger, yeah, there's a bigger morality at stake here. It's not, it's, it's the human, like, it's, it's our, it's our need to make a big problem simple, black and white, yes. right? And, and Flox is like, it's not black and white. This is a bigger issue. Uh, you, no matter what you do, if you interfere, you are choosing who lives and who dies. Right. And no one has that right. Yeah. The only way to win is not to play. Like... <laughs> It's true. Um, That's pretty much it, right? Like, the, the Prime Directive is, like, it's more of, of, of rules about what you can do at what time. It's not It's not rules about, like, uh, when you, like, what you can do totally, you know what I mean? It's, it's very, uh, what I'm trying to say is it's very, uh, uh, what's the word, where it, it happens case by case. It's very case yeah, by it's case. case by case. It's... It's the prime directive. It is the directive by which Starfleet governs itself first and foremost. Yeah. But it is not all-encompassing. Like, you meet right. things out in space, you find things and learn things out in space that have never even been dreamed of before. Right, you can't imagine a situation and then it happens and the prime directive wasn't as perfect of a document. Kind of like the, like we think of the Constitution like as being yeah. this like pretty airtight well, I don't know about all that. I don't know about <laughs> recently, but like, yeah, like pretty, pretty airtight. But then, like, something like happens, like is happening with the Constitution now, and it's like, well, how do we deal with this? Like, this is a problem. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like let me let me give you a four instance where the Prime Directive might be muddy. Mm -hmm. You're flying through space in your cool spaceship, and a giant glowing green hand comes out of space. And grabs a planet and fucking slam dunks it into a black <laughs> hole. Uh, now that giant glowing green hand is not a warp capable civilization, right? Should you interfere in its dope basketball game with planets? I mean, I love basketball, so like I kind of want to yeah. see a cool slam dunk. I, I love it when giant green space hands do not fake the funk on the nasty dunk. I need to see that fucking, like, hang time, reverse, tongue out, Michael <laughs> Jordan shit. Space basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they do, they dribble up and down the star court. Hi! Every 80s rap song. <laughs> Um, Phlox is pretty psyched to be studying two humanoid cultures at the same time. Oh yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, what a rare opportunity, but also like, 
he's like, oh, this is actually a horrible day. I'm having the worst fucking time. <laughs> yeah, like, it's cool that I can study these people yeah. or whatever, but, like, I got a real moral dilemma on the back yeah. burner right now. Yeah, he's like, I didn't I didn't think two days ago that I'd be doing this shit, you know, and it's fucking weighing on me. Yeah, like, the mink, one of the mink shows up and he's like, uh, Bantu Gubu Solo, and... <laughs> They're like, <laughs> they're he's like, like oh, he means food. And he's like, yeah, Bantu Gubu, food, yeah, food. food. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, how did you, like, how did you learn that? And he just, like, learned he pulls it. Out, he pulls out, like, a monocle and puts it on. And he says, I say, old sirs, I learned it from listening to you. I'm highly intelligent, actually. <laughs> I have a new peanut business I'm working on. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, but man. like they're like oh well like where'd this food come from and uh, it turns out that like the mink culture was like an agrarian culture for a long time but the uh, the Valakians refuse to allow them to live on fertile land they don't let them live yeah to farm like so they just put them in I guess like ghettos or camps or whatever yeah, pretty much and they give them everything they need or whatever yeah. but that's very much like keeping a pet it's slavery the humans it's fucking are, slavery yeah yes it is slavery and the humans are very uncomfortable about this but the but Phlox is not he's like ah it's just their way yeah he's a little more like I don't I don't know like I like from my human perspective, it will. I would say he's jaded, like because he's been out in space and he's just seen like it's much worse than this, right? Like he knows, like the also, Klingons pretty terrible right now, right? Also, by this point, he understands what's happening. He's like by this point, he's figured out that the Valakians are dying off of a genetic right. disease, and the Mink are just going to supplant them. They're just going to replace them, right? Yeah. So he's really not bothered by it. Yeah, it's uh, almost karmic, right? Like. But he, he does point out that, like, every society he's ever seen that have multiple humanoids, they kill each other off or subjugate one another. Right. Which is, like, weird to say. Because I think that's what we think of what we did to the Neanderthal. Yeah. Which, like... We fought him to death. Which, possibly. Partially. Partially. True. Correct. But, like, who knows, right? And it's, like, weird to think, like, without Neanderthal DNA in us, maybe we would be susceptible to more genetic diseases. You know what I mean? Like, it's true. Maybe there's a strength in having that in... I'm sure there is. Like, There's, there's like, a an ability to be specialized that humans have that other animals don't. That yeah. you can choose your specialization. Yeah. Like, gorillas can't be fast or strong. They're just strong. They're just strong. Yeah. We and can be strong. humans have this specialization ability that I feel like comes from our, like, uh, genetic variation. Yes. That we have all these different, like, series of, of genes in us that come from these earlier proto-human species and from, like interbreeding across species and race right that gives us the abilities of each if we want we can specialize into it like yeah you can't tell me that you look at like weightlifters professional right. like, super weightlifters and you don't see that like some of that neanderthal strength 
is involved is there in yeah that. there's that that primitive strength like you know because yeah. we're we're getting like our eyesight is going bad right everyone has eye problems because we don't need to use our eyes like we used to no like we're not trying to spot deer from yeah. across giant fields we don't need anymore. to hunt like that anymore no. and we have technology that basically just is our eyes now right we like, just stare at it all day and it burns our retinas yeah through. it just kills us and makes us not sleep at night <laughs> speaking for myself yeah um yeah but also like we we had to be highly specialized at everything at one point like you had to you had to know everything to survive right what can i eat can i eat that bush no that'll fucking kill me i gotta know so i gotta know what kind of bush that is you know give it a name whatever they would name it how do i make dye to like paint on walls Gotta know how gotta to do that use, shit. I gotta use these leaves, yeah. these berries. Gotta these, know, yeah. gotta know where the fucking alligators are. Oh, don't go by that river. There's fucking alligators in there. You know, you gotta remember all this shit. There was like animals have a genetic memory in the same way that humans don't seem to any longer. Yeah, that I feel like we probably once did. I think we still do. There's the parts way. of it that we see. I think parts of it th- that we see every day are the phobias that we have. Oh, yeah, that's definitely part of genetic memory. Like heights, uh, insects, all that stuff. Spiders near your dick. Spiders near your dick. That's scary. They'll bite your dick. Horrific. (laughs) I just had a horrible thought. I'm just thinking about sleeping with a cup now, ever since you mentioned this. I just thought about someone with a bowl of spiders just, like, dumping the bowl on my dick. What the fuck? No! I said it was horrible. I said it was horrible. Why did you say the rest of it? I I had to. I had to get it out. That's a phobia that I'll fucking have for the rest of my life is arachnophobia. Like, when I was a kid, it was crippling. If I saw a spider, I would scream and freeze. Yeah, I'm not afraid of spiders. Uh, bugs don't do it for me so much, but, like, not in, like, a I'm terrified way. Just I just don't want to be near them. Yeah, like, if I see a spider now, it's like in the Terminator when the kill mode appears from his vision. <laughs> and, like, I'm not yeah. I'm not proud of it that I murder every spider I see, but I do. Yeah, well, you know, it's blame it on your genetic memory. Yeah, they're in my territory. I don't kill them outside. I just, run, I just move away it's from, from them. It's from when you were a bat at one point, right? Or you were some kind of, like, rodent or something, and then... Like that prime primitive hind mind is gone. You're just like, oh god, spider's bad. Kill. Yeah, kill, kill, kill. Fight or kill, flight. Kill. Fight or flight. Yeah. That's the only phobia I have, though. So I guess I should be thankful. There are people who have like a laundry list of them. There's weird phobias too, like antique furniture, like Billy Bob Thornton. He's afraid of antique furniture. Yeah. Here's my question about that. Is that real? I don't know. <laughs> if Billy Bob Thornton bought a chair when he was 14... It's a, technically he, an antique. Could he not own it anymore today? <laughs> yeah, is it a year's limit or is it a style? I don't know. I don't know. I don't um, know either. Not to make fun of somebody's phobia, I'm sorry. But people that, like, a lot of people are afraid of clowns. Doesn't bother me. Yeah, clowns. That stuff, yeah. I mean, there's, like... like debilitating phobia like people yes. who can't function because they, I mean, there are people who see a clown and like oh they shut they down. just shut down yeah i know and um, it's it's just like your brain does it to you there's nothing you can there's do nothing about you can it. do about it it's heights man like heights yeah. and there's different rules for me like if i'm in a building i'm fine like i could go up on the empire state but i'm fine with that whatever but like being exposed high up that's yeah, from when like we were fucking monkeys that's from when we were monkeys dude you know like 
I'm high up, shit can see me or something. I don't fucking know where it comes from, you shit know? Shit can see me, and also, if I move wrong I'm once, dead. Yeah. I die. I'm fucking dead. There's tigers below. They're going to eat me. I don't want to fall down yeah. there. It's it's just a part of being a human being. That's something I wonder, right? Like, and I've never seen anything like this, but, like, if we do meet alien species out there, will they have phobias? Maybe. Or is that, like, a uniquely human thing? I don't know. It would be... That's why everything would change. That's why our whole life would change. Because we would... Now we would have to be like, well, what is even real? Because... I mean, you think of... I, I don't know if it would go that far. I don't... I never think it would go that far with aliens. I think it would change humanity forever, but I don't think we would shut down. Cause I'm, no, I don't like, think we would shut down, but I think we would... Dogs don't have phobias. As far as we know. Like, as far as we know, no other creature on Earth has phobias. So I guess it really wouldn't be that shocking if an alien... No, we don't... And we were like, oh, we're afraid of these things. And they'd be like, but why? Yeah, well, we don't have a... That's just it. We don't have a reference point because we're stuck here alone. We are the only sapient species on this planet. Yeah. Like... Although, like, chimpanzees are rapidly trying to head towards us. Yeah, you see a bunch of shit with, like them like helping people and shit and you're like man and they're using tools i don't know how much different this fucking thing is for me you know what i mean no, you know it's like a point something difference in dna yeah. at that even point. like elephants do crazy like elephants are extremely intelligent yeah did you know that they vibrate when they're <laughs> <laughs> what if someone poured a bowl of elephants on your dick would that be worse like think tiny elephants destroy it. what if they were just like tiny elephants like Do spider size the relative weight uh I, no they would just weigh i mean i no. they would weigh like a tiny elephant they would weigh as much as a mass weighs on i don't Earth. want any animal near my dick but if i had to choose it would be the tiny elephants tiny elephant over spiders for sure yeah right? any day any day on that one yeah what would be like the best animal to pour a bowl onto your dick of humans <laughs> there it is there it humans is humans are the best animal proven again in a million different ways <laughs> fucking we rule suck at elephants and spiders you guys suck actually we're gonna take a break with that <laughs> thought and we'll be back right after these messages after the Lurky! Rainbow Bright has a new cereal with fruit flavor and bright colors! Colors? Let's see! New Rainbow Bright brand cereal! Sweet fruity rainbows of bright color! A yummy part of this complete breakfast! Then I'll murk out! It's Moon Cloud! No match for Rainbow Bright! Oh, oh no. no! We're full of colors! Idiot! We hate color! No murk out breakfast for us! Fruit flavor, colorful bites, Rainbow Bright! And we're back, everybody. Hopefully that good or service will do you some good or service. Or ser- or do or service you. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> uh the problem with Flocks and his he's like, yeah, these dudes are fine being the pets to the Volokians or whatever, is that one of the mink learns English and organizes tissue samples like by yeah. five criteria. Yeah, he like turns into like some kind of medical genius. Yeah. <laughs> like and they've only been there a day. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh oh. 
how do I rationalize that in my fucking brain, you know? Yeah. And this whole episode, like, we always jump around in shows and everything, so I don't know what's been introduced and what hasn't yet. Right. But uh, Sato kind of, like, dips so that Phlox and Crewman Cutler can talk. Uh, play yeah. a little matchmaker or whatever. And Phlox is like, yeah, are you married? Yeah, she's and like, she's well, like, no, of course not. I would have told you, which is, like, so <laughs> yeah. human. And he's like, well, I'm married. I have three yeah. wives. And each yeah. of those wives have three husbands. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, is that normal? And he's like, yep. Yeah, that's what we do. And he's Pretty like, normal. She's like, why are you telling me this? Yeah. And he's like, well, it's because I noticed that you had interest in me romantically. And she kind of, like, looks at him like, Okay. Okay. Yeah, she plays this weird too, because like she she comes off as being like I don't I don't know like it's sort of like this is a very adult conversation. I think they handle it very adultly, oh, yeah. but but she kind of comes off as like it, from a certain perspective. To Paul, could be right. You know what I mean? Because now now it's like he tells her this, and she's kind of just like. Well, let's see where we this takes us. Yeah, and like I mean, maybe that was her plan all along, or she's, whatever. She's trying to fuck Buddy is maybe what's happening. Yeah, yeah which like, is I fine. Be a friend, and he's like, "Well, what do yeah. you mean by friend?" And she's like, "We'll see where it goes." Yeah, and it's like that's fine, whatever. But like, I don't know. It's sort of it's sort of strange, like because it's like she does. She says like absolutely. Like she's like, "Yeah, I do want to fuck." Like. That well, she like, pretty much con- confirms like, that she's she's trying to let him know that she's not as serious as he is right now. Like he's yeah, straight up yeah. like I've already got three wives. And she's like, yeah, right. well, I'm not trying to be wife number four, dude. That's I just wanted tr- to go to a movie. True. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to see what that dick be like. What that dick do? <laughs> How many different hit? Like, does it have joints in it? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure in the next. Uh, Probably in Picard, they'll talk about Denobulan dicks. They'll, they'll make some... <laughs> All of the mysteries of the universe lay yeah. bare. As long yeah. as you only care about how many wieners people have. <laughs> and what they look like, and how many spikes they have. and um, The alien that they rescued from the downed ship... or not, It's not downed, it's just floating. Like, the floating ship asks for Archer to come down and speak with him. So he does. He's super dying. He's like, you know, Phlox is working on a cure as best he can. And the alien's like, yeah, fuck that. Give us your warp technology. Yeah. Now, this is where... Because earlier, T'Pol is like, don't be surprised if they want more. Yeah. She's like, she's straight up like, you need... You're naive about the fact that yeah. people want this technology and what they will do to get what it. What they'll do to get it. Yeah. And we see that later in the communicator, like... Because they're full blown like space Nazis, but yeah. here like they're pretty chill, and even so, they're in survival mode. Like they'll do anything to survive. So they're like, give just give us the ship, yeah, give, give us, us warp drive, like, give us your warp technology, so that we can find someone who will help us. And this is like the humans who like just got this shit, right? Like, yeah. we're not even good at it yet. We're still like, oh, how do we go like faster? Like we don't know. Also, we've only been here, like, two days. You think you could give us some time, bro? Yeah, I mean, it would take, like, a lifetime to, like, explain. And that's what they talk like, to Paul is, like, because Archer's like, well, we could do another thing. We could we could stay. And and to Paul says, uh, Vulcans stayed to help humans, and we've been there for a hundred years. Yeah, she says <laughs> Vulcans, Vulcans came 90 years ago, and yeah. we're still there. We're still there. 
And Archer, and like, Archer has this great line where he says, I never yeah. thought I'd say this, but for the first time, I think I understand how the Vulcans felt. Yeah, and T'Pol gets this look on her face, like she's not, like, sniffing a fart for once. Yeah. Like, like she, she's like, oh, like, oh, okay, okay. Like, like he, he gets it. Okay. Like okay. yeah. Like this is this is a break. This is like a serious breakthrough. Like this might work. You know. She she mentions like antimatter before, and he's like, "Yeah, my God, you're right. I didn't even." He's like, "I didn't even think about that. They don't yeah. know. They don't even have rudimentary knowledge. They have no idea. Antimatter. They've never. They, even, no they may have never even encountered it. Yeah, they have no idea how to handle it. Like." <laughs> It would be devastating. Like one accident with antimatter, and you're you're done. You're fucking done. It's like super nuclear weapons. Like crazy, yeah. crazy energy. <laughs> like, like your whole planet could be wiped yeah. out. Depending how much on you what gonna you're gonna make. Doing. You gonna make a ton of it and just leave it sitting out, and just something air hits it, and it, you're you're fucked. Yeah. You're dead. Everyone's dead. Well, th- this is actually the scene where Flocks doesn't get to eat his snack. That the yeah, one earlier yeah. was in Archer's office. My bad. That's right. There's a couple of like. Fox Archer moments. Yeah. Um, like, he, it's when they talk about the mink or the ones that are supposed to survive. Like, we jumped ahead earlier to talk about that. But, yeah. like, the the disease is an inherent flaw in the DNA. Right. And so Archer's like, um, I don't agree with your point of view that, like, the big picture matters more than these people li- people's lives. I don't want right. this debate. I want a cure. Yeah, he, says, he takes like a hard. I already line. have one. Yeah, I made. I I got it already, which is yeah. like fucking crazy, right? Like, oh, okay. And Archer says that like they'll discuss it tomorrow, I guess, because like the scene ends. But I always wonder what happens after a scene like that ends, where characters are like locked in moral debate. Do they yeah. just sit awkwardly and finish their snack and then leave, or what? I guess Flocks probably goes back to the doctor's office and then archer goes to bed he says he like thinks about it all night he's like i've been up all night thinking about this which like man what a shitty night (laughs) like what a shitty night you're ever gonna make in your life 50 million lives hanging the balance yep can we talk for a second about the like populations of planets in Star Trek. It's like I think, millions. I think they keep it low for the ding dongs, honestly. They talk about Denobula having like fourteen billion people, which is like cool. Cause yeah. that's like normal. Like that would be like a normal like uh what's the guy's name? The one of the the first like humanist surmise, Joseph Smith maybe Joseph Smith or something, like uh surmise that like Earth could hold thirteen billion people. It seems like that's pretty accurate. You know what I, I mean? mean? Like, if it's a bigger planet as well, if it has more natural resources, right? If there's more I natural, mean, right? They obviously intermarry much more heavily and have many more children than yes. humans have. There's, so it makes perfect like, sense. They're like rabbits. But, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> but like almost every planet in Star Trek history has somewhere has millions, and I wonder why that is. I think they do it because people get millions. Like they they, it's like a graspable concept right billions is a lot like that's a lot billions is a big number you can't count it on your fingers and your toes no you need more than that but like (laughs) our planet has billions yeah yeah, no yeah it seems like that would be the easiest to understand but i'm gonna say it's for ding dong americans who are like 
Well, there's only like 350 million Americans. <laughs> they don't care about anyone else on Earth. So. And America's like important. Jeez. So 50 million? I don't know. <laughs> that's I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. I just Maybe feel it's like, just like it's like that. More logistically simple to deal with in a story. I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just a simplistic kind of like average under of what people can grasp. I think. I don't know. Flox is like, uh, I still don't agree with what you had to say, and I think you should change your mind. And Archer cuts him off, and he's like, I have changed my mind. Yeah. And he's like, he says another great line where he's like, I am going to do something that goes against all my principles. Yeah. Which is like, this is where he's great. Like, this is great. Like, it's not great that he's like, has to go through this but like the character needs this yeah he needs to get away from this like earth-centric human-centric point of view and this is the beginning of starfleet is happening right now because he first the, baby steps the first steps out the door right and he and he does the schmaltzy line about the prime directive but Which i do love i do love. i love i, I love, love it but i love it's it's schmaltzy and it's a wink and a nod, but it's it's really well done as well done as it could yeah. be. I think I lived it, I laughed it, I loved it. <laughs> I eat, pray, love, laugh, loved it. <laughs> eat, pray, live, laugh, love. TM, 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 <laughs> triple TMs. Uh, they're not gonna play God, and yeah. that, there's an important distinction to be made here between Archer's personal morality and what is inherently right with their situation. Right. Like, his morality is not the be-all, end-all. That's a problem that fiction creates very heavily. That yeah. the character we're supposed to identify with morality is ultimately correct and nothing should go against that. Right. It's They're, they're right in the eyes of the universe at all times, right? It's like I was watching some fucking doctor show that was on after Jeopardy last night. One of the million doctor shows that are on TV and I wasn't watching yes. it as much as it was on while I was on my phone. I can't I cannot stand that shit. <laughs> and uh, there was a group of religious people who were praying disease away and the doctor being a TV doctor was like, well I don't believe in that and by the right. end of the episode he believed in it because that's the morality that the fucking TV show is pushing on you. Right, it's that's yeah, yeah. It's it's a narrow view that like the audience's morality is correct because our morality as viewers aligns with Archer's. Right, we think that he so, should save them. Yeah, so right. our morality should be correct, but in right. this situation, it's not. And having to understand that and feel that is hard, yes. but it's also necessary if we're ever going to get to the Starfleet that this is leading to. That's why Star Trek is great. That's why Star Trek is necessary. That's why we need Star Trek to be Star Trek again. Make Absolutely. Star Trek Star Trek again. No. Like, <laughs> like, it needs to be about hard thought experiments. You yes. know what I mean? Like, it has to be that way. We as an audience need to be challenged yes. by what's being put forth in front of us. Like, we shouldn't just be eating popcorn watching Star Trek. That's not what it's about. Right. Your brain should be working while you're watching Star Trek. Yeah, if you're not thinking, it's not a very good episode. No. And I mean, there's a ton of episodes of Star Trek where your brain isn't working and you're just watching it because it's dumb. But right. 
overall, the vast majority of Star Trek is meant to make you think. And, like, I don't really remember the last time I thought at a new Star Trek. Maybe the episode where uh, they find the humans that have been transplanted onto a different world in Discovery, and they don't know whether they should, like, interfere with them or not. That's a pretty God good damn. That, that show sucks. <laughs> yeah, that episode was pretty good. Like, that one's all right, yeah. There's a genuine moral problem, and it involves the Prime Directive. That's right. like as Star Trek as that shit can possibly get, right. with the rest of it being the way it is. <laughs> um, they, they go down to talk to the doctors, the Valakian doctors. The Valakians, yeah. And they, they try and guilt... Archer, like, in a very sort of, like... I mean, I understand entirely why they're doing it. Yeah. It's very childish, the way they're, they're like, doing it. Okay, guess we'll fucking die. Guess we'll <laughs> die, then, if you don't want to help us. Uh, why don't you just leave us alone? I'm going to my room. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, you guys can maybe come up with warp drive yourself. And they're like, well, what if we don't? And he's like, I guess you yeah. fucking die, then, bro. I'm going home. Yeah, he's like a lot can happen and he doesn't even he doesn't even really explain it to them. He just uh, sort of is like we we can't he says, do I'm that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cuz they're not going to accept any possible reason. It wouldn't be. matter. Yeah. Which is a good it, lesson to learn as well. Like we as human beings always want to explain to each other like why, why? we're doing certain things. Yeah. At a certain point you're wasting your breath and in that situation yeah. you definitely would be. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing you can say when you break up with somebody that's gonna make them feel good, right? No. And this is like the ultimate breakup, space breakup. Yeah. Not gonna much. help your civilization last. <laughs> yeah, you gotta fix your own shit. You gotta take yeah. care of your own daddy issues. I got my own. Yeah. Um, Doctor Flox finishes his letter to the doctor that's stationed on Denobulus, and um. He mentions that he he wasn't going to trust Archer with that information, with the results of his research and everything, because he thought yeah. he was going to make the wrong decision, and that's a mistake he's uh, never going to make again. And he he cites Vulcans doing the same thing to humans for ninety years, not trusting them. Yeah, and trying to like make their decisions for them. For them, yeah. They don't have the wherewithal and understanding of the universe to make decisions themselves. Yeah, at first, like, you think the Vulcans show up, it's probably like a party, everyone's getting shit done, humanity's fixing itself, no war, no disease, no hunger, right? Mm-hmm. Then after maybe, like, year 50, the Vulcans are still telling humans, like, no, no, do this. And humans are like, okay, we got it, Dad. <laughs> Yeah, you know? like, I gotta <laughs> take the Plymouth out, Dad. Yeah. I gotta take the fucking Charger out by myself. Let once. me drive the car around the block first, you know? You know like, I don't know, you could drive into something or, yeah. like, keep going, and we don't trust you, yeah. so... Yep, yep. They're but, marking uh, the, the liquor bottles, <laughs> putting marks <laughs> on it. I know you guys are drinking this. Um, Phlox then asks Cutler on a date to the mess hall and she's like I'll meet you in 10 minutes yeah and Phlox learned to trust humans in this episode yeah that's the big takeaway from this episode from beginning to end for Phlox is that he started this episode not understanding and therefore not trusting humanity because he doesn't know what decision they're gonna make right he doesn't know them 
And by the end of the episode, he has grown as a character enough to understand that he's in this together with them, and they will make the right decisions if you just give them the chance. I think it's a it's like a kind of a metaphor for the show too. Like this show, unlike any other prequel, I think does it right because it starts at a very fundamental, basic building block, and it's like, well, the characters need to trust each other on the ship. So we need to show that. Like, we need to show them growing together like that. And that's very slow. Like, the first season is all like, I don't know, humans are fucking weirdos, and uh, who knows what they're doing. But eventually, that's like, fair. they kind of get past that, and then the crew kind of, tr- like, like T'Pol is on board. And once T'Pol is on board, like... Then the show really takes off, where you're like, now we're at Star Trek because we got a Vulcan and we got our humans. You know what I mean? Like this you is Star it. Trek. You earned you it. Are, like the writers earned that by right. like creating these, ca- like bring these characters together slowly. Right. It's like an RPG. Like you don't get to have the best weapon at the beginning. You got to train on the shitty wooden sword, right? Like it's very much like an RPG, and the characters join your party. Right. Like characters might work with you before joining your party, but you have to complete like certain parameters with them in order to get them right. to trust you to join your party. Exactly. And that's why I think people like don't like this show because it's slow like that. But it has to be, and I think it's the only instance that I can think of where a prequel is like kind of done pretty fucking well. Like. There's so many bad prequels, it's easy oh, to yeah. point them out. Like, but there's, a, there's definitely a problem inherent in creating a prequel. Yes. That you're treading ground that's are in-universe has already been tread before. So right. what can you do to right. still make it a prequel, still make it lead into what people have seen before, but to make it stand on its own two feet at the same time? And I think this, because of, like, the time period, like I think this show doesn't get credit. Like, I don't think it gets enough credit for, like, how much they thought about the canon of Star Trek. I mean, now look at, like, they don't even give a fuck about the, like, I I don't know. I hate, like, quoting Red Letter Media on the show. It seems redundant to me because, like, we kind of, like, like them and we're fans of them and we, like, agree with them and shit. But, like, they're always talking, usually, right. But they're always talking about, like, like, they just know that from Star Trek, so it's in the show. Like, how many times has that happened recently, right? Like, Green Lady's always fucking a Green Lady. That's yeah. in Star Trek. But this show doesn't do that ever. No, there's no pop culture Star Trek. Yeah. And pop culture Star Trek is, like, stupid. It's like it's for ding-dongs. It's for pe- ding-dong morons. Like, pop culture did not celebrate Star Trek. It made fun of it. Like, right. if you watch anything that has, like, a parody of Star Trek in it, it's not right. done, like... It's not out of love. It's out no. of a joke. It's a it's joke. It's making fun of it. Like, yes. when Captain Kirk shows up in Tiny Toons and he acts like a fucking goober and gets hit with something, it's not because right. they love Captain Kirk. It's because they hate him. Because he's a goober. Because they think he's a goober, right? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Pop culture's version of Star Trek is... Uh, a very negative version of Star Trek, but that's what we get for the most part. Yeah. And that's where we're at now, I think. Right. And I mean, there's still hope for the future. 
uh, there's still a chance that like hands c- keep changing. Star Trek's ha- keep changing hands over and over again. Eventually, it will end up in the hands of someone that can do something good with it. Eventually, I think it will. I, I have faith in that. In a weird that. way, I wish Seth MacFarlane would be in charge of it because it, I, his show is more Star Trek than Star Trek. I is. think I think he would love that. I, maybe not like write it or be like a showrunner of it, but like be like kind of like a guiding light, guiding voice. That's what it yeah. needs. It needs a guiding voice like Roddenberry was. Like Roddenberry was like a visionary, yeah, right? And honestly, after Roddenberry left, like Rick Berman made his fucking mistakes later on, but he was the guiding he was voice fine. for right. a long time. And he was fine, but now we've it's got not Kurtzman. Alex Kurtzman. No, it's not Alex Kurtzman. He is out of all the writers of that group of guys, he's the least skilled, in my opinion. Um, he also understands the least about Star Trek. He talks a big game in interviews about like the yeah. meaning of Star Trek, he's, but he's it, it doesn't appear in anything. He's a fucking producer. That's that's he's all just talk. He's all lip service. That's all he is. What I keep reminding myself, and there's evidence to this now, is that the first two seasons of TNG were not very good. The first one was terrible, the second one was bad. Yes. And uh, there's evidence that Discovery might be on the same track, because there are several episodes of season two that are pretty good. Right. So there's still hope in my heart of hearts, deep down. Can we get Discovery back on track? Yeah, oh, man. I mean that's well, that would be I a don't miracle. Know. I don't know, but I I hope I hope. Yeah, I think if I you know we we've, we've been talking about like Watchmen a lot, like uh, continue and shit, continue cast, and that, that really shocked me that like Damon Lindelof could make that <laughs> and then yeah. let it go and then stop. And then have the wherewithal to be like, no, this is this is it. I'm done. Yeah. This is the story. I mean, that takes that takes balls. It really does. I am shocked th- how good that show is. I did get like a giant laugh out of like people tweeting like, oh, so uh, Watchmen's creator leaves and they can't make any more, huh? Weird. <laughs> yeah. Because they just took it. They like we're like Alan Moore. Do you want to be involved? And he was like, No, I don't want my shit being made more of. It's right. a story. It began and end. And it's they were like, done. All right, we'll do it without you. Yeah, yeah. Alan Moore is like an old fucking prick anyway. But yeah, he's a great you writer. can't you can't work with Alan Moore anymore, no. right? Like that guy can't work with anybody. No, he works by himself. Yeah. And if an artist does what he says he wants, then he'll that's, work with them. That's, and that's good. about it. Yeah. If he if you're doing what he wants, you're good, right? And even then, he might just like snap. Turn on you anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't seem like a fully like rational artist when it comes to uh, relationships with no. other. Yeah. The wild thing to me as well is like Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore sort of started at the same time, and their yeah. work they did a lot of work together. Like one of my favorite comics, Miracle Man, is like half written by Alan Moore and half yeah. written by Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman is like a Pulitzer Prize winning author, oh, yeah. like four times over. Super famous author, and like modern has all author. these TV shows that he was like in charge yeah. of running. Yeah, that have been super famous. And Alan Moore's like, I won't even work with DC anymore. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's the the curse of genius, right? Like, yeah. some like people he, he, he wants people. stuff a specific way. Yeah, yeah. And he wants complete control over it, regardless of what he signed on the contract. There's that Kubrick documentary that, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but you should watch it. And it's all about 
they like go through Stanley Kubrick's like warehouse of files. Like they find like all these documents and like this documentarian like goes through them and organizes them and reads them. And then he interviews people about like, like working with Kubrick and like, he was insane. Like he was was an insane person. Yeah. Like he made his nephew go down for like eyes wide shut. He made his nephew, um, take pictures of doors on this one London street. So there's like, I don't know, the street's like fucking four miles long or whatever. And he's like, take a picture of every door. Cause I want to see these doors. I want the right door. So he does it. It comes back. Nah, you gotta do it again. Get a ladder. Take this ladder and get up on the ladder and take the picture. <laughs> like, are you yeah. fucking kidding me, he man? Wanted everything to be exact. And whether you think that's necessary or not, it is insane. Yeah, I mean the guy's a genius, right? But like yeah. fuck, dude, that's a you're a dickwad, man. <laughs> like you can't just like imagine it being higher up. Like no. like are aren't you able to do that as like a, a, a like a, a director to like Maybe see that's something? Maybe that's what drove him insane though. Maybe like the the inability to see the way he wanted to see as a creative person. Maybe he needed to see it. It was a compulsion. Yeah. Like if he couldn't imagine what he needed to see, he needed to see it in right. real life to be able to see it. That yeah. could drive somebody insane. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, it's just crazy. Like shit like that is like, it makes you, it makes you think about like all these people who like all these crazy people. Maybe they're just fucking geniuses, right? Maybe. <laughs> who knows? At, at least statistically, at least some of them are. Some of them are. Yeah. Some of them are like probably a savant level where it's like, they can do like insane calculations in their head. There's another documentary about a guy who, like, sees numbers. He's a savant. He's, like, a functioning savant. So, like, he can look at something and, like, he'll be like, oh, I see, like, nines. And this guy, like, can do, like, the most complex math problems ever in his head. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, like, we're finally beginning to understand that IQ is part of the equation. Right, it's not the whole... The intelligence quotient of a human being is, like, half of the picture. They call it the emotional quotient, the EQ. EQ. And there's savants with EQ as well, like, where people can feel colors they they highly empathic taste and feel colors can like kinesthetic like highly empathic people yeah and i find that absolutely like enthralling that it's crazy finally starting to understand humanity in a way that we for so long refused to because i mean honestly guys were running all of the scientific studies and like guys don't have emotions we don't care about that shit that doesn't matter yeah that's so, not but part now of that, it. Now that like there are so many women finally able to join the field, and so many people, and like men are finally starting to learn that emotions are good. Yeah, they're a tool we're that we need. Finally, starting to understand human emotions in a way that we never even tried to before. Yeah, it's it's kind of good. It's really good because like I, I mean I think we deal with that a lot today, just every day. Like you're not supposed to show certain types of emotions are bad right like i get that a lot like oh getting mad about something's really uncomfortable and it's like yes it's uncomfortable but there's reasons for it it's it's a necessary emotion like you there's keeping emotions in check is still important right like having some sort of control over murder but expressing (laughs) them right yeah like expressing them isn't wrong there's nothing wrong about there's nothing inherently wrong about that yes yes um i have a fun fact of the week for you what 
This episode had a rewrite uh, late into the script. Work. Fo- Fox gets a bowl of spiders dumped on his dick. Did they write no! that out? Oh! <laughs> Fucking, uh, it ended with Phlox actually disobeying Archer's orders. Originally. Oh. Like Archer was like, we have to help them. And Phlox, like, apparently. Says no. He basically says no, and he destroys the cure. Yeah, it's better the way they did it. I think it's a million times better. Yeah, that's the way they did it. That leads to like problems that like now they would do that, right? That would be how they would do it now in Star Trek. But this isn't about that. This is about everyone sort of being on the same page. Like we're we're all on the same page here. You know? Well here's here's where the fun fact comes in. No one involved with the production of the show caused it to be rewritten or changed. UPN, the network oh, yeah, yeah. forced it to be changed. Yeah, I think I think when all is said and done, probably UPN wanted to cancel Star Trek, right? Well, true, but they, they also, like, this was, like, the tail end, like, the 80s, 90s, and, like, the tail end, like, end of the 2000s. Into the, yeah, there was a, a directive bit. in television that I, I find fascinating. It's super fucked up. There was a directive that the group is always right. Right. If someone has a different opinion than the group, they will be proven wrong in an embarrassing fashion so that the group is proven right. And that's very anti-Star Trek. (laughs) That's But that's what UPN wanted. They were like, look, he can't go against the captain's decision. Right. So that's why it was rewritten. But honestly, I feel like it was to the benefit of the episode. Oh, no, it's it's better this way. It's better this way because... I mean, it just they just changed the rule. They they turned the rule on its head. Okay, he needs to listen to the captain. Well, then the captain's going to change his mind, <laughs> right? Yeah, like exactly. Like, I find I find that to be necessary for yeah. the development of of the show uh, of the show. Yeah, and of Star Trek. Yeah, it's great. It works. Yeah, that's that's and, that is uh, cool. Apparently, nobody working on the show felt that way. <laughs> they were all mad that UPN made them change. It's the how I found out about this role, the group is always right among yeah. writer rooms and stuff, especially like children's media, was very heavily about that. Yeah, that's is, disturbing um, to me a little bit. One of the writers of um, the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon yeah. came out to talk about like how the characters were created and everything, and he talks about how the dickhead character was created. The he was like the cavalier who had the shield. Uh-huh. He was created specifically to go against the group over right. and over and over again and be proven wrong and get treated he's, like an idiot. And an he's asshole the contrarian. He's the Simon Belmont and Captain N, right? He's yeah, the, exactly. That's what yeah. that character's purpose That's was. what that character is, yeah. There was one in literally everything. Like, He-Man had Orko. Orko, like, yeah. Yep, yep. The fucking everybody, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had Donatello, who was like, we shouldn't do this, guys. We shouldn't right. use technology or whatever. And he was proven wrong. Every And Raphael was sometimes that Raphael guy. Was Leonardo the, was sometimes that guy. Yeah, it switched off. There was always at least one person who didn't want to go with the group. And usually it was Raphael. Yeah, because he was the dickhead. Yeah. And He's he also the best wrong, one. And by the end of the episode, he was like, you guys are right. We should do what the group wants. Yeah, which is totally, and, like, not <laughs> his character no. at all. Like, why would he Thankfully, ever say it? 
thankfully that got um sort of made into an interesting character dynamic in the movies in the movie made yeah them, like for older people older kids yeah that first movie is so good it really is we should it's, watch that for oh, i know i still have it on vhs Oh yeah, I've got uh, a DVD box set thing that's in like a metal container that's shaped like a uh, uh, like a um, a uh, van sewer lid. Oh, the lid. Yeah, no. it's a sewer lid. We should watch both of them. Off. We should watch both of them and talk about how the second one is like a fucking the like one is a literal cartoon. <laughs> it's a literal cartoon, but it's like a hand job of a cartoon because it's like. <laughs> It's like, oh man, we're gonna get like Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, just kidding, they're they're different. It's like, why wouldn't you just make them Bebop and fucking I Rocksteady? Know. I love that movie. It's probably like a part. It's part nostalgia, but there's like it's all nostalgia. A bad for me. movie quality yeah. to it. Like, oh, it's a terrible. Fun bad movie quality. There's a part in the beginning when they find the ooze and like they literally just like pick it up in the canister and they're like, uh oh. <laughs> it's like, oh my I, god. I absolutely love the <laughs> monsters being babies. They're babies. babies. Um, they brought me babies. Oh my god. Nom noms. That fucking movie is so dumb. We gotta have the traditional pre-fight donut. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. The movie's so fucking fun. Um, <laughs> this episode is probably... I don't know if it's the earliest episode, but it's one of the earlier episodes in Enterprise that really cements Enterprise as a Star Trek series. I agree with that. It's not I, just a sci-fi series. Yeah, it's Star I, Trek. I agree with that. I I I like the first season of Enterprise. I like all of Enterprise, and I I, yeah, I, I know this I'm is only thirteen episodes in. Yeah, I know I'm like kind of like in the minority on that one or whatever, but I think it it holds water. It's got a lot of merit that. You kind of have to watch it a few times to like appreciate, and I know that that's not like kind of the like the society we live in. <laughs> but, like, nobody wa- nobody watches something multiple times if they didn't yeah, love it, if it they the didn't love time. it. Yeah, but uh, like, yeah, you won me over. Like when we first started, I, I was not an Enterprise fan, but now I yeah. like Enterprise a lot. Yeah, it's it's cool. It, it it's a it's a really great mixture of of Star Trek, seeing where Star Trek like is going to go and they do a great job with the character. I think the characters are great. I mean, T'Pol is great. Archer's great. Uh, Flox is great. That's all you really need. Like the the rest of them are kind of okay. They're, they're not, they're not Voyager bad, but they're, they're, they're okay. Yeah. I mean, Hoshi has her moments. Hoshi's cool. Yeah. Hoshi's cool. Uh, Enterprise is like the perfect setting to set stories in as well. Like, especially like, if I was gonna do a Star Trek like tabletop RPG, it would be set during the Enterprise. This time, time. space yeah. is like lawless. Yeah, you can make whatever you want up, right? It's cool. Like space is lawless. You can play like humans being adventurers out there, but you can also play like any alien race doing your own shit. Whatever you want them doing, yeah. That's smart. It's really, it's really, it's like Voyage. It's like making up for Voyager. It's like they looked at Voyager and they were like, "How do we make this better?" And then they're like, make it a prequel and put it before the Federation. And they're like, you know what? That's actually fucking genius. <laughs> like, yeah, why don't we I do mean, that? By the time you get to TNG, there's, like, space is no longer lawless. There's this one episode about a fucking, like, Han Solo pirate shirt oh, smuggler. Oh, the pi- pirate guy. Pirate swashbucklerman. Yeah. 
which makes no sense and immediately gets ignored forever afterwards. Yeah. Because the Federation has this shit on lock. It's locked. For the most yeah. part. It, there's no there's, lawlessness happening in like the Federation. The Orion Syndicate is it. If you're yeah. not part of the Orion Syndicate or working with them, you're not doing any lawlessness. Yeah, and even the Federation is sort of like, like, yeah, those guys can kind of do whatever they want, but like, don't do it here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're not trying to get involved in a war with these guys. Yeah, like, just don't do it here. Because they don't do war; they just do assassinations. Yeah, they're they're like the mob, <laughs> the green but mob. Like, even during TOS, there was like a bit of lawlessness in space. Like the fucking Harry Mudd is trying to sell women. Yeah, he's got robotic sex slaves. Right? They're like he's like trying to. They're like, robots. He's trying to sell the women that are like using technology to make themselves look better so that they can ensnare men and that's, steal their fortunes. That's right. He's always about the long con. <laughs> yeah. And like he dresses like a pirate too, but he's entertaining. Yeah. He's so ridiculous. <laughs> he really is. They have Harry like, Mudd's market in STO now and you can buy a bunch of weird shit. How is he still alive? Uh they always do like time shit and that because like discovery right the, the discovery is the newest like expansion or whatever so i haven't played uh, it so time fully. travel yeah okay harry mud with time travel daniels it's always not, daniels not like not like super murderer harry mud from discovery but like pirate goofy harry mud from tos yeah travel. uh zod harry mud is a little little much for me <laughs> it's a little like okay this guy's fucking insane this is crazy yeah He's a Hannibal Lecter, but he later on he becomes a funny pirate. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> uh, he was never a good guy. But <laughs> if you have been on the fence about watching Enterprise, I recommend it. I recommend watching Enterprise. It is a very fun Star Trek series that still has that Star Trek something that makes it what it is. We got one! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, I love Enterprise. Uh, I do too. I I I like it a whole lot. I love it. I fucking love it. You know I'm, what? I love. I'm it. telling you, man. The farther we get away from it, I think the better it gets. I, and I don't know why. Maybe that's nostalgia goggles. Up. I think it holds up. And I think maybe not just in in terms of like I'm comparing it to the awful Star Trek we have now. Um, but I I think it stands on its own. I it's a super crime that they weren't allowed to finish it it's it really fucking sucks yeah, i agree and we're so far out now it's impossible. It's, they're not gonna yeah like why are they suddenly 30 years older i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> uh i think that'll do it for m class this week yeah thank everybody for tuning in and listening to us talk about one of our favorite things in the universe and if star wars star trek oh uh, <laughs> If you love Star Trek as much as we do, if you love M-Class, you love listening to us, you love being part of the community, then you can become an even bigger part by supporting us on Patreon. For as low as a dollar a month, you get access to a Discord, wallpapers. For a little bit more, you get M-Class email a week early. You get access to Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit, a podcast where we talk about any topic that isn't Star Trek. Jeff and Josh talk over movies. We've already done... Rumble in the Bronx and the best movie ever, Beastmaster Two. Uh, greatest Th- sequel ever made. Through the portal of time. <laughs> That's all you need to know about how good it is. 
Oh, and man. Every little bit of money you give us goes to supporting the show and to keeping us alive to continue doing the show. Yeah, I like living. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at mclasspodcast, and you can shoot us an email at mclassemail at gmail.com. You know what? I'd like to give a special thank you to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race oh, for yeah. our theme song, because it slaps. It's damn hell ass good. I listen to it all the time. I do too. And I feel like I'm, like, I don't know, a little, like, incestuous, because I'm like, I love this song, but it's, like, a thing that I'm associated with. <laughs> I didn't oh, make it though, true. so it's you know that's but. true. Vitizen did make it before M class. Yeah, it was or yeah before it was definitely before we used it for M class. So it's not special to us, right? It's special it's, to him. It's great. You should follow him on Twitter at underscore Vitizen underscore, and you can find him on Bandcamp, Spotify as just Vitizen, I believe. Mm-hmm. Thank you everybody for tuning in yet again. Thank you, Josh, for being my pal. We did it. Another one is in the books our 69th episode nah it's like our it's way more than that it's like 70 71 i don't know i don't even know these that's why we didn't number them because there's no way i'm gonna be able to keep up yeah i don't know (laughs) i don't know uh thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll be back in a undeterminate amount of time with some indeterminately good or bad star trek talk (laughs) bye
I'm mentally ill. 